Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys welcome back this is sgr 63 Dropping you guys a nice random off-season episode on a Monday afternoon here at the end of February. Um, we're going to talk about a few different things here. Obviously, I've taken a few weeks off. I haven't given you guys an episode since the Super Bowl. And I just want to – I'm going to go over a couple things on this episode. The The initial, the beginning, the first half is mostly going to be um, kind of giving you guys more of an idea of, uh, the big picture, you know, where I'm currently at with this podcast and what my plans are going forward throughout the NFL off season and, uh, you know, throughout the rest of, uh, 2022. So I'll give you guys a little bit of information. We'll talk about some of the key dates coming up in the off season, and I will let you guys know what I will be covering, what I won't be covering. And, uh, the second half of this episode is going to be kind of recapping, um, some of our preseason futures. I gave out eight picks on win totals for teams this year over unders. We're going to review those, see how we did there. And I'm also going to go over some of the uh, more long shot futures that I placed teams to win their division, teams to win their conference, the Super Bowl, things like that. And we'll just kind of recap how we did um, on those future bets because I've, I had stuff this off this season that I had bet last May, last June, last July, last August that I had to sit on for six, seven, eight months uh, to potentially cash in on the value. So we're just going to look back and see how those things played out, see if I actually know what I'm talking about here or if you guys are just wasting your time listening to me. Um, so first things first, I want to address something, um, you know, this podcast is called the Sports Gamble Ramble, but so far all I've done is talk about the NFL. And I realized this, maybe I should have named it the Football Gamble Ramble, or I don't know if I have the legal rights to put NFL in my podcast title, probably not. But the thing is, you know, I used to bet a lot more of a variety of sports. I've bet baseball, golf, UFC. Um, I don't think I've touched boxing. Uh, I have bet, you know, obviously horse racing with the Derby. Um, I bet on pro wrestling. Sometimes I do bet on WWE and I do quite well. And I used to be very, very invested in college basketball and pretty decent at the NBA. I just haven't been doing a whole lot of that stuff lately. Really over the last year or two, I've kind of started to specialize in the NFL because as I take on more responsibility in my personal life, I just simply don't have the time to do the research to be good enough to bet college basketball. It's such a quick turnaround from the NFL season and the Super Bowl to, I mean, March Madness is starting here in two weeks, and I've only had two weeks off uh, since the Super Bowl. Um, I just, 
what I'm telling you guys is I don't really have the energy right now. You might get some basketball content at some point, even this off season. I probably will start getting a little basketball content out toward as we approach the NBA playoffs. That's usually when I start getting interested, but COVID kind of uh, put a massive speed bump in my interest in college basketball. Uh, that year, 2020, they canceled the tournament altogether. And then, I just didn't really get back into it. The, the sports season, even college football, I'm not watching a whole lot of these days. I really, um, you know, don't start getting familiar with the uh, college players and the talent pool for the NFL draft until around this time of year. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. I might get you guys some NBA playoffs coverage down the line. But I'm probably not going to be doing any content for March Madness. You guys are kind of on your own there. I apologize. But that's, you know. This is my show, so you just got to fucking deal with it. Um, that being said, let's get back to football. Let's get back to breaking down the things that we are best at breaking down. I did not give you guys a Super Bowl reaction episode, and here's why. I will, I'll touch on the game real quick. I enjoyed the Super Bowl about 90-95% of the game. I was pretty pleasantly surprised. It was a very competitive game. I was super entertained because I bet a shit ton of prop bets. I had over 40 prop bets placed for the Super Bowl. So I had action from opening kickoff till the Gatorade bath. Okay. I, I actually went 25 of 43, uh, which is 58%. Um, anyone who knows gambling knows the required amount at standard minus 110 odds to turn a profit is 52.4%. So we were 5.6% uh, above the break even threshold. And some of these bets were, you know, three to one, four to one. I actually hit a 30 to one bet in the Super Bowl. I had Higgins first Bengals touchdown, OBJ first Rams touchdown at plus 3000. So I had quite a Super Bowl. It was a great run. Anybody who listened to my props episodes leading up to the Super Bowl definitely benefited from that. So um, it was a great game. The reason that I didn't do a uh, reaction episode is because the refs fucked it at the end, guys. Like, I'm sorry, but I have to get this off my chest. You guys know that I had been talking about the refs being overly involved and in controlling the outcomes of games all fucking regular season. How many episodes here did I rattle off? This ref is 9-1 and one against the spread for the road underdog. This ref is... Eight and two for the under this year, only averaging 40.1. You know, I was on top of that shit all offseason. And then the playoffs alone, really, uh, there was a lot of questionable shit. And then in the Super Bowl, it looked like they were letting them play, right? There was how, what, I could probably count the number of flags thrown in the first 58 minutes of that game on one hand. And then all of a sudden, when the Rams are facing a fourth and eight, fourth and goal from the eight, and if they don't convert, they lose the game. The Bengals win. Now, all of a sudden, the refs start raining fucking yellow flags. And it pissed me off so much. So this is why I did not do a Super Bowl reaction video or podcast or episode. It's just because it would be me ranting about how terrible the NFL officiating is and how they – it was a little too convenient, the fact that they were letting the boys play. They weren't calling pass interferences. They weren't calling a whole lot that whole game. And then all of a sudden, when they have the opportunity to directly – influence the outcome of the game now they start throwing flags absolutely pisses me off <laughs> part of the reason i haven't done an episode in two or three weeks here is because i'm still not over it if you can tell and to be honest big picture 
let's go full blown conspiracy theory on this. Don't you guys think the NFL benefits a little bit from having the Rams win a Super Bowl in their home stadium in LA? You don't think that the NFL wants to generate a little bit of revenue by getting NFL popular, make football popular in Los Angeles? Oh, we got Snoop Dogg at the game. We got Matt Damon. We got Leonardo DiCaprio. We got Kanye at the game. Who gives a fuck? Apparently, Roger Goodell does. Apparently, all the other Illuminati members that are controlling this league. That's how they feel. It's all about maximizing profits and revenue and uh, maintaining a a PR stance. Um, That's what the league is all about now. They don't care about presenting um, a quality product on the field. It's all about money and image. And it pisses me off. Um, Yeah, the NFL wanted the Rams to win that Super Bowl. we We go 54 years without a team winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And now it happens two years in a row. And it just so happens that one of them is in the largest media market in the country, possibly the world where no one cares about football. It's too convenient, dude. The NFL is trying to make the Rams the team in LA, you know, they want the, the NFL wants a piece of what the Lakers have had for the last 40 years in Los Angeles I've already gone way too far on this, guys, but you can tell this is a subject I'm passionate about. I don't like knowing that my bets don't have a chance if the ref doesn't want them to hit. Like, I told you guys I bet on professional wrestling. The reason I do this is because I've been watching WWE since I was a little kid, and I know what's going to happen. The storylines are very predictable. I really only bet it between uh, January and uh, April. I, I do the Royal Rumble through WrestleMania, I've been crushing the books. I hit, I went three for three on the Royal Rumble, hitting a plus 475 winner, a plus 350 winner, and a plus 170 winner. My point here is not to brag. It's to compare how far out of control this uh, referee shit has gotten for me, where I look at the NFL now like I do the fucking WWE. This shit might as well be pro wrestling because I'm pretty much convinced that the outcomes are predetermined. Go fuck yourself, Roger Goodell. Let's move on. One positive thing that I have to say about the Super Bowl, I thought this was a cool little nugget. Um, In the history of the NFL, there have been uh, only two receivers that have ever um, caught over 1,900 yards in a season. Um, The top two receiving performances in a single season were uh, Calvin Johnson in 2012 and Cooper Cup this year. Matt Stafford was the quarterback for both of those guys. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Top two receiving uh, seasons in NFL history, same QB, two different teams, too. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I'm about done talking about this last season. Let's get into the offseason conversation. I told you guys I'm going to give you um, kind of an outline of some of the important events coming up, and I will let you know what I'm going to be doing as far as content for this stuff. So – Part of the reason I decided to record today, Monday, uh, February 28th, is because tomorrow um, at 4 p.m., the NFL Combine starts. The Combine is this week going from March 1st to March 7th. And this is the time of year when I really start ramping up my NFL draft research. This is something that I really nerd out about hardcore in the offseason. And it's, again, going back to the first couple of minutes of this episode, part of the reason that I'm not doing a whole lot of basketball stuff is because I, at this point in my life, 
to be honest, I'm more interested in the NFL draft than I am regular season NBA games. I, I just am. I love the draft. I love learning about these rookies and prospects, and I love trying to predict how teams are going to draft and what strategies they're going to use this offseason, whether it's through the draft or free agency. Um, I love this stuff. And I know, you know, a lot of people's favorite time of year is the regular season, but I do really, really fucking enjoy March and April from free agency through the draft. I mean, it's where everything changes and we know what to right now. We have no clue what the season's going to look like uh, for 2022 because so many things are so many pieces are going to shift over these next few months. I'm obviously not giving you guys a pre combine episode. This is my pre combine episode. Um, at this point, you know, I'm just kind of beginning to get familiarized with the draft class. I'm going to be binge watching the combine all week. I might get you guys a post combine episode next week is kind of a reaction guys that I thought stood out guys that I thought maybe you know, separated themselves from the pack during the drills or just, you know, any reports that I'm hearing from, you know, teams uh, that interviewed certain guys, you know, I might get you guys a combine reaction. If I don't, I will definitely be getting you guys coverage leading up to the draft as I get more familiar with these guys and I start really being able to put together uh, at least the first round. I gamble on the draft a lot. Last year, I hit 13 out of my 20 bets for a 65% hit rate, and a couple of them were big plus money bets as well. I was taking some dogs. I had Trey Lance to be the number three pick to the 49ers at plus 250. Locked that in a few days before the draft. It was something I was talking about for two months. There's no way they traded up to take Mac Jones. They want to do the Mahomes thing. I should actually clip my 49ers preview from August because I said – I verbatim Trey Lance isn't the starter this year it's Jimmy G you're gonna sit him they'll trade Jimmy G in the offseason I fucking called my shot on that shit so um back to my topic I love the draft and I'm gonna get you guys pre-draft content um talking about players that I am interested to see where they go uh talking about guys that I think you know depending on where they go they could be very fantasy impactful and also giving out um some predictions on players draft position or like for example last year I hit like Patriots first player drafted offensive or defensive player took offense you know those are examples of ways that you can bet the draft and it's actually a lot of fun so again we have the combine this week and then uh March 8th the day after the combine ends we have uh college pro days starting so throughout most of March, we're going to be checking in on some of these first round prospects, you know, showing off in uh, sweatpants, you know, throwing to receivers with no defense and no shoulder pads and no helmets. Um, so that'll be fun. And then free agency starts uh, March 16th at 4 p.m. I'll get you guys a pre-free agency episode talking about the, um, you know, top ranked free agents, the guys that are getting um, projected to sign big contracts, potential trade candidates. I will touch on. There's some rumors currently right now. Obviously, Rogers is a huge situation. Um, who was the other fucking guy I was just thinking about as far as a trade? 
I can't remember right now. Jimmy G is another guy. God damn, Calvin Ridley is the one that's being thrown out there a lot. So we'll talk about all that stuff. I'll get you guys a pre-free agency episode, kind of making some predictions slash maybe give you my free agency wish list on what I think would be the best fit for guys, uh, whether it's from a uh, real-life NFL perspective or from a fantasy football perspective, I guess. Um, and then – uh, we got a couple more dates, uh, not one that you guys will pay too much attention to, but on April 22nd, it is the deadline to sign restricted free agents. So that's something to be aware of. And then at the end of April, we finally get the draft. The draft is going to be from April 28th through the 30th. And again, I will get you guys at least one pre-draft episode and at least one post-draft episode. I will get you my bets and predictions and maybe again, kind of a wish list type format for the draft. And then I will get a reaction. We'll talk about which bets I hit, which things I got completely wrong, and maybe give out some draft grades for these teams. How did they do? Who won the draft? That kind of thing. You guys get it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we're going to go forward. I'll get you guys uh, probably a, a post combine, a pre-free agency, a post-free agency, a pre-draft and a post-draft. And we'll just kind of mix in whatever else we want too. like, I'm, I, you know, some of these episodes might come popping up randomly like this one on a Monday afternoon, who knows? So have your notifications turned on, stay plugged in on the social medias and we will get through this off season together. That being said, guys, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. I want to give you guys a recap. Now, you guys know I have a tendency to ramble and make things uh, a little bit more long-winded than they need to be. Um, that's kind of why I have this format, but I'll try and keep this wrap up quick. You guys don't want to you know, listen to me just brag about all my wins the entire time I get that, but it's important to me, and I hope it's important to you guys that we're actually looking back and uh, reviewing, you know, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? How can we do this better going forward? So... Let's start with the team win totals. I placed eight of these guys, and we did well. We did very well. Uh, first one, biggest investment of the offseason. I was all in on the Green Bay Packers to go over 10 wins. I, I absolutely loaded up on Packers futures, and it looked like a really awesome thing until, obviously, that disappointment in San Francisco, with San Francisco in the playoffs. But these are regular season bets, baby. And the Packers cashed over 10 wins by, I think, week 12 or 13 of the season, man. This was a no sweat. In my eyes, the Green Bay Packers were clearly, far and away, the best team in the NFL this year for the entire season. I know that they lost in the playoffs, but guys, don't forget how dominant this team was. Rodgers, two-time MVP, back-to-back, four times total, but two back-to-back. I mean, this was a wagon. I also had this team at 19-1 to uh, to win the most regular season games. I ended up pushing that fucking bet, guys, because the Packers rested their starters in Week 18 against the goddamn Detroit Lions, and then the Bucks and the Rams both won to tie. Uh, there were three teams that finished with 13 wins this year, the Packers, Bucks, and Rams. And that was enough to push my most regular season wins, even though I had a full game lead with the Packers all season. That was a heartbreaker. That would have paid out huge. I think that was like 20 to win 400 or something. I don't usually give out my limits, but just so you guys can understand, 19 to 1 odds, it would have been a, a banger. Um, so it was it was disappointing. But let's move on. Uh, next one, another big time investment for me this offseason. I was fading the Detroit Lions. 
Now, the Lions actually showed a lot of fight this year. Uh, they covered a shit ton of games, had the third best cover rate in the NFL going, I think, 11 and 6 against the spread, maybe 12 and 5. Don't have the numbers in front of me. That doesn't matter because this was a wins bet. I had under five wins for the Detroit Lions at minus 140. Uh, you guys can tell I have trouble deciding how to say Detroit. Is it Detroit? Is it Detroit? I used to get teased at my last job um, when I would call businesses in uh, Detroit, and I would say Detroit. So I'm still really trying to figure that one out. If anybody wants to let me know how you say it, that might help. I'm a little self-conscious about it. Lions, under five wins. They went 3-13-1. and one. Um, This was another no sweat. I mean, what did this team start? 0-8, 0-9. I think what it, they did, they wouldn't they get their first win Thanksgiving? No, wasn't Thanksgiving. The Bears beat. It was the next week, I think, against the Vikings. So this is, I mean, this was a no sweat, no brainer. Wrote it all season. Just got to hope the Lions lose every week. I mean, what more do you want? Lock it up. Lions under five winner. So far, we're two and zero, guys. Looking pretty good. Next one. The Pittsburgh Steelers. This was a fun one. This was easily the future uh, as far as win totals that gave me the most anxiety. Steelers over eight and a half wins at plus 115. This was a really interesting year for the Steelers. Uh, it was a really ugly year. Uh, this team had the most ugly wins I've ever seen from a team in a single season. That being said, they got me over that eight and a half. Nine, seven, and one was the end result. We're three and zero on futures, guys. Um, just to touch on this real quick, that tie I thought was going to fuck me in the ass because that was the game that Mason Rudolph had to start against the Detroit Lions, and they tied the fucking Lions. I could not believe it. I'm sitting here. Okay, that's it. That's it. My my future's done. Um, fast forward. End of the season, they're 7-7-1, seven, seven and one, and they've got to beat the Browns and the Ravens to finish. Um, not only win their last two games, but also need help from some other teams. Get into the playoffs and get me over that eight and a half wins. Let's go. Pittsburgh also making a bit of a comeback, if you guys remember, in that Ravens game. Uh, ben having to get it done in the fourth quarter to get them in. What a great way for his career to end. I know they got their shit pushed in by the Chiefs in the playoffs. It really kind of sucks for Ben that he even had to play that game because uh, the, the regular season ended so perfectly for him. But uh, hats off to Ben. Congrats on the retirement. Um, hopefully Brady comes back one more year so you don't get overshadowed in your Hall of Fame induction. Because any quarterback going in the same year as Brady, you might as well uh, be fucking invisible. Let's keep moving. What else did we have? Let's talk unders. We had the Bears under seven and a half, minus 130. They won six games, giving me a nice, easy win uh, by a win and a half. Um, yeah, this was pretty easy. I was very pessimistic about the Bears. Go back and listen to my preseason review. I actually was a bit more, uh, this team actually won more games than I thought. Looking at their schedule, I thought this could potentially be a three or four win team. They grinded it out. Shout out Nick Foles for getting a nice uh, win, I think, against Seattle late in the season. Um, but yeah, they went under seven and a half. Justin Fields looked like shit, like I said he would. Andy Dalton sucks. Nick Foles is the GOAT. So that equals six wins. Uh, shout out Matt Nagy for being a dumb piece of shit. Enjoy uh, going back to being an assistant under Andy Reid because that's all you're good for. 
Next up, let's talk more shit about a pathetic NFL team. I took the Jaguars. You guys remember how bad the Jags was this offseason? Their over-under at one point was seven. I got it six and a half. I didn't care. You know, seven, six and a half. This team wasn't going to win more than five. They went three and 14. Let's talk about Urban Meyer for a second. What a shit show that was. Good Lord. Talk about tarnishing your legacy. Arguably, like, top five college football coach of all time. That's not really my opinion. I'm just saying it's out there. Consensus. He was a debatable Mount Rushmore college football coach. Um, Certainly one of the best over the last 20 years. Now he's a fucking joke. The guy's a walking meme. The guy is a living meme. And, uh, yeah, good job, Urban. What the fuck were you thinking, dude? Uh, you know, sidebar about that. Like, we are hearing this shit about Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson being, like, bribed to tank games. Somebody start investigating Urban because, holy shit, I don't see how you could tank a season any better than that guy did. Shout out to the Chop House up in Ohio, grinding on some college students, some co-eds. Getting a little uh, sticky finger action. Good job, Urban. Real family, man. Okay, (laughs) let's get back on a more positive note here. Um, We'll try and wrap up this uh, wins recap before we have to take a pause at the 30-minute mark. Tennessee Titans, this was another squad I loaded up on Futures, and that uh, was a very good decision. The Titans went 12-5 and this year, capturing the one seed in the AFC. Um, I had them over nine and a half wins and they won 12 odds were minus 112. Just a layup, you know, this one was super easy again, like super easy. Um, did I expect them to win 12 games and get the one seed? Probably not. But I mean, 10 was the absolute minimum for this team. Just given the division that they play in alone. Who is there to challenge? You know, the Colts were a good team, but they just weren't complete, as complete as the Titans. And I love Vrabel. I love Vrabel. Also, can we talk about this Titans team getting to 12 wins without Derrick Henry for half the season? And I'm pretty sure they set an NFL record for the most fucking starters played in a season with all their COVID and injuries and everything. Way to grind it out. Way to battle through Tennessee unbelievably gritty team. I know that they, you know, got, you know, bounced in their first playoff game by a a fluky hot Bengals team, but this Titans team is not done. Uh, Ryan Tannehill really fucked me in that playoff game big time because I had a future on the Titans, but regular season was super impressive. You can't overreact to just one bad game from one player. This Titans team is a a serious uh, unit, I think. Two more to talk about, guys. So far, we're 6-0. and If you've been paying attention, we are 6-0 and so far on this recap. Uh, next one, Buccaneers. Over 11 and a half wins. How many did they win, guys? Anybody know? 13. There's another win. We are 7-0 and right now. 7-0 and on win totals. Over 11 and a half, they won 13. Do I need to recap? People know how good the Bucs are. This was uh, no doubter. We'll move on. Last one, save this one for last. Now you guys are sitting here with, you know, the on the edge of your seats. Did this guy really go 8-0 on his fucking win total? No, I didn't. I went 7-1. and one. We did lose one, guys. I took the Washington football team over 8.5 wins. They went 7-10. and 10. 
this one hurts a little bit because um, I thought Washington was just quarterback way. I still believe Washington is just quarterback way. Now, their defense didn't play as great, um, you know, over this season like I thought it would. Uh, but I made this bet thinking that we would get the best version of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and that this Washington team would be able to win 9-10 games, possibly win the NFC East. It didn't work out. Ryan Fitzpatrick played what, like half a quarter of football this season. Um, it is what it is. But, guys, we went seven out of eight on NFL win totals this year. Seven out of eight. I'm not trying to sit here and brag, but come on, guys. This is I got to take a victory lap. That was pretty fucking sweet. It felt good. It was a great season. Um, I'm going to take a pause here, and we'll come back, and we'll recap some of the long shot futures, the Super Bowls, the divisions, things like that. This portion should go pretty quickly as well. We'll probably get another 10, 12 minutes here and then uh, wrap it up. So uh, quick pause. Be back in two seconds. Okay, I am back. Still can't believe I went 88 fucking percent on win totals. Holy shit, that's good. Um, the the futures, honestly, kind of meh. I'm still going to recap. I don't hide from the losses. These are tougher to hit because a lot of these are really big long shot odds. It's, you know, taking a team to win the Super Bowl six months in advance. So a lot of these are losers, but you guys got to remember what this stuff, you know, you bet these, you count it as dead money. And if it hits, it's great later. Also, you take some of these bets simply with the intention of getting increased value. Uh, for example, the first future I'll talk about, you guys know I was on the Packers to win the Super Bowl. I bet this May 31st. I sat on it for eight months, two thirds of 2021. I was holding a Packers Super Bowl future. It was at 17 to 1 plus 1,700. Um, I got it during Rodgers' holdout. So I got extreme value because there was uncertainty whether he would be back with the Packers. Uh, the odds took a massive hit once he returned to training camp. And then obviously throughout the season, as the Packers dominated, they increased in value tremendously. This bet went from 17 to 1 odds plus 1,700 in May to plus 350 going into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It increased from plus 1,700 to plus 350. Now, what you can do when something increases in value like this is you can sell your ticket. There is a website out there. They are not a sponsor, obviously, uh, but it is called PropSwap. And if you guys don't know about this, you need to know about this. You can take your bets. Now, this only works with legal bets. You can't do this offshore. You need a physical ticket from a brick and mortar. This being said, you can take your Packers 17 to 1. And by the time it gets down to 3 to 1 in January, you can sell that bet to someone else. Someone will buy your bet from you. And that way you can guarantee profit without having to worry if the Packers get upset in the playoffs. I've talked about this concept before, but I feel the need to bring it up. We have new listeners and also people miss episodes. And I don't actually know how much you guys give a shit about what, I, what I'm talking about here. So, again, you're looking for these to increase in value so you have a position later that you know, you couldn't get at that point. So Packers 17 to one, obviously they didn't come through. They choked in the playoffs. It was very disappointing, but I felt great about that. And like I said, from 17 to one to three and a half to one, you can't ask for a better increase in value like that. 
except for with this next bet. I also had the Titans to win the Super Bowl. I bet this one in August at uh, just under 24 to 1. It was plus 23.50. Going into that divisional round, they were plus 8.50. So again, this is another one that if I wanted to, I could have gone to prop swap and sold it to someone. Um, it's just a, a more um, guaranteed way to hedge your bet. Because sometimes when you're hedging, you just don't want to have to do all the math, all the calculations. There's a lot of risk versus reward, you know, kind of uh, processing going on. And it, it can be a kind of a overwhelming, a tough decision, a tough process. PropSwap just makes it easier. You just go, you bang it out in one quick transaction. So again, um, Titans at plus 2350. I had the AFC first seed and the NFC first seed going into the playoffs at 17 to 1 and 24 to 1. They didn't hit, but God, it was a great ride, and I felt so good. I, if we got a Packers-Titans Super Bowl, I would have absolutely shit kittens. It would have been the greatest thing. Oh, it's very disappointing, but we move on. I had one more Super Bowl future. This one was a real flyer. I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl, but I thought they could potentially win their division slash, you know, Maybe make a little run. Uh, I had the Steelers at 40 to 1 plus 4,000. You know, obviously not a strong showing in the playoffs, but they made it. They were in the dance. So I placed three bets here on Super Bowl winners, and all three made the playoffs. So that's something, you know. And like I said, if you get there and you want to hedge out, like you have the ability to do that. So I don't view it as a total whiff on the Super Bowl futures. And you can't cash a Super Bowl future every year. I mean, it's difficult to do. Um, I'm actually a little bit mad at myself because if I was going to bet one more, it probably would have been the Rams. They would have. Uh, they were sitting there like 12, 13 to 1 in August. And I really liked it. Um, I was a little bit nervous about the 49ers, to be honest, in that division. I liked the Rams quite a bit, but it wasn't so much of a lock for me. So I backed off and that sucks. Let's keep moving on. A couple of divisional bets. Um, I took Washington to win the NFC East at plus 200. Obviously, we just talked about how they had a disappointment with the quarterback situation. So that did not work out. I wasn't that in on the Cowboys this year. Their defense, the Cowboys defense actually got a lot fucking better this year and really impressed me between Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. That's a defense that doesn't really fuck around a whole lot anymore. Uh, they're still inconsistent. And they're massive choke artists. Mike McCarthy's a shitty head coach, and I don't know if Dak is ever going to win in the playoffs. Uh, but they surprised me and ruined my um, Washington football team, plus 200. I did hit my other division winner, though. I took the Titans, minus 140. This one was a locker locker rooney I think. Um, yeah, I'm not very good at making up words. Uh, the Titans, minus 140, AFC South. Uh, it was pr pretty fucking easy. They walked away with it. Uh, Colts didn't really challenge until kind of the end of the season, and then they fell apart again. So, yeah, that was easy. Um, I talked about my most regular season wins with the Packers. That was pretty disappointing. Another one, another Washington football team bet that I got wrong. Um, I had Washington to allow the fewest regular season points. So I was really betting on their defense to be able to shut teams down. I thought that with – the division, you know, the Eagles offense isn't anything special. The Giants offense is arguably the worst in the league. Um, I figured Washington with their soft record and their strong defense in 2020 uh, would have played better on defense this year. Had it um, 
plus 1096, so just under 11 to 1. But obviously, that did not come through. I think, God, I can't remember who allowed the least points this year. I can't remember. I'm not going to waste any time trying to. Can't remember. Um, another one that Washington fucked me on, I took a long shot at 7 to 1. Uh, for the exact order of the NFC East, I took Washington, Dallas, Philly, New York. Ended up being Dallas, Philly, Washington, New York. So missed on that. It's okay. It was plus 700. And I also missed on team to have the fewest wins. I took the Texans plus 250. The winner was the Lions. They lo- they won three games where the Texans won four. Uh, Texans were plus 250 going into the season. Lions were plus 300. So we missed on that one. Um, and then, yeah, we'll talk about, I've got a couple more. I missed on uh, AFC North exact order. I took, it was eight to one, super long shot again. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati. That was uh, almost completely backwards, to be honest. I think it finished Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland. So who saw the Bengals win in that division though? Come on. That one's not on me. You can't, that's, that one doesn't even count. And then I think I've just got three more here to talk about for you guys while we wrap this up. Um, I took a couple like combinations. These are basically parlays on teams to win their division. So hit one out of the three of these. Um, I took Pittsburgh and Green Bay to both win their division at plus 800. Green Bay was a lock and I just wanted a long shot to pair with it. I thought Pittsburgh could potentially pull out that division like I've talked about. Didn't happen. Oh, I had two out of three of these. Sweet. I just realized that. Okay. Next one. Um, we'll end on a couple winners here. I took the Titans and the Bucks to both win their divisions at plus 150. That was an easy winner. And I also took the Chiefs and the Rams to both win their divisions at plus 285. So while this last eight minutes has been me recapping a lot of losses, we end with a plus 150 and a plus 285 winner. So not too bad. At least we got something positive in this second segment here. Um, But, you know, looking back on this, I mean, we hit 88 fucking percent of our win totals. We missed a bunch of our long shot dart throws. But, hey, you're going to do that. These are Hail Marys. Like I've said, these are long shots. You can't win them all. But the straight bets, the minus 160s, 140s, 130s, 112s, plus 115 on the Steelers over eight and a half. I mean, guys, seven out of eight. If I can't sit here and take a victory lap, what's the point of even having a fucking podcast? So feel good about that. Um, This episode, I feel like we got a lot out there. We cleared the air on some things. Um, You guys kind of know what to expect going forward. Obviously, stick with me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but not as much these days. IG is really the place at SGR pod. Um, But yeah. I will get you guys an episode next week after the combine, like I said, and we will keep moving forward, breaking down some free agency and getting ready for the draft. We are in the off season. We are in it guys. So try to stay entertained. Try not to go crazy. Uh, You know, if you're feeling a little football deprived, um, just be a draft nerd like me because it's fun and we're going to make money on it. So thanks for listening guys. As always, uh, this has been the sports gamble ramble number 63. Appreciate all you guys. Ramble on, motherfuckers, and I will see you next time.